That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy. Like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire? Running your own company? Achieving your life's goals? Yet wake up in a cold sweat? Next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. I am so excited because we have Carson Cressley on today. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be dressed up as Caviar Contessas. Caviar Contessas. We brought our social I am game. so excited. And by the way, he's here already. He's here. Carson's here. I, there's no introduction needed. He's unbelievably fabulous, and he is here. Okay, let's see. We admitted him in. We admitted him in. He's admitted, like, to the hospital. <gasps> Carson, hi! Hi. Gorge. So do you. Well, we dressed we dressed up for you. You know, Lexi. Hi, Carson. How are you? Nice to meet you. You're gorgeous. Lexi, Lexi works with me, work has worked with me for 11, 12 years. Twelve years. She's on the show with me. And right, right. Yes. So nice to see you. Thanks for coming on. Likewise, I just got in from the barn, so I'm all like, um, I'm so uh, rugged today, but you know, don't worry about it. You're so manly. So manly. Yes. Thank you. You know, but since, you listen, we gave you a nice announcement. You're award-winning for Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. You're Emmy-nominated in 2003. You're an Emmy winner in 2004. You've literally been on every freaking show, How to Look Naked, Good Naked as a host, I mean, you did Carson Nation on the OWN Network. I mean, what have you not done? I mean, that's the whole thing. Uh, just face every, everything but but ladies. I don't do the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so, I mean, we went on your IM, you know, how do you say IMDB? IMDB. Oh, I always like yeah. it. It's like war and peace. It just keeps going, going, and going, going and going and going. going. I know, I know, but on that, um, and for your listeners, I mean, IMDb is the internet movie database, and it has every, like, um, famous person's, like, uh, basically your resume, yes. and um, it looks long, uh, but uh, it's very deceiving, because um, it's long, but it's not very girthy, if you know what I mean, because they usually <laughs> want, they're there, you know, everything is on there from like one appearance on like live with Regis and Kelly and one appearance on uh, Celebrity Love Boat remake. Like, 
So it's a lot more impressive than it is, but many of them are one hit wonders. But I have been, um, sometimes I look at that just to get a sense of like, oh, what have I done? Because you know yes. that being on TV, like you do it and it happens and then it goes away. And I don't ever feel like it's very like substantial. Like I get more gratification out of like doing laundry because yes. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just, I put the laundry in and I I turned it on and then I folded it and I put it in, I put it in the dryer, then I folded it. Like, I feel like, oh, I did something. Sometimes when you do TV, it happens and you don't see it or you do see it and it's just so fleeting that um, I'll sometimes go to IMDB to see what I've done and be like, wow, I guess I did do a lot of stuff. So um, I've just been lucky and I say yes to everything. I'm, I'm a media hoe and I'm not very <laughs> You know, I feel like I'm the same way. Like, why not say yes? I mean, listen, you, you won cupcake wars. I did, I did. I never win any kind of, anytime I do a reality competition, like Dancing with the Stars, I was yes. terrible, uh, but I had a lot of fun. And then The Apprentice, yes. actually, I, I thought I would do really well. And, um, you know, there would be moments where like they would set it up for something to go wrong. And they're like, uh, you're doing a makeup launch party and your furniture didn't arrive. And I was like, listen, I used to sleep with the manager of this hotel. I called <laughs> her this morning at 5 a.m. He said the furniture is here. So if you'd like to have some drama on camera, we can do that. Or we can just go find my furniture. Exactly. Um, so I, I thought I could win that, but I didn't. But then I finally did win Celebrity Cupcake Wars. So yes. Yes. It's, it's all good in the end. It is. It is. Because it's all for charity. But we want to know, and like the listeners, viewers want to know, like, you are so fabulous. So how did you become Carson Kressley? Listen, you were born. Yes, you, yes. You know, I want to know about like your parents. Did they nurture you? Because, you know, you came on the scene strong. People instantly fell in love with you on Queer Eye. So tell me a little bit about yourself growing up. I was, um, well, I, I was uh, a child of the 70s. So there was no nurturing me too, going me on. Me too, by the way. Me too. Yeah. And uh, in New Jersey or no, where? I was born in New Jersey, was raised in New York in Westchester, and then came back to Jersey. Okay. But in New Jersey until okay. I was 11. Okay, but in the 70s, like, they just set me loose. They're like, here's a bike, go yes. drive around the neighborhood. Like, I, I, you know, and I was the kind of kid that it would have been like, you know, if a stranger pulled up with like, you know, candy and a van, I would have been like, sure, let's go for a ride. Like, you were <laughs> just trying to lose. Was it in New Jersey? In New Jersey? This was in Pennsylvania, in, in Pennsylvania. Allentown, in the oh. suburbs. And um, it was, it was actually quite idyllic because back then we just, you know, there was no helicopter parenting and literally like I would go to school, my parents would be at work, I would come home, I would, you know, uh, sometimes I would try on lipstick and outfits while my parents were gone. Um, sometimes I would just ride my bike all over creation with my friends, like it was the Goonies. And um, we were just set free and loose and wild and um, it was fantastic. And I feel bad now for kids that the world is so uh, messed up that you can't, you know, live that free and easy kind of childhood that we did. I agree. I always say, listen, I could have easily been a drug actor or stripper. I did whatever ever I wanted. I'd come home right. after school, Marge Sr. was working. You know, I would say raised by wolves. You know, I did, you know, I was out on the streets, the same thing, riding my bike, swimming in the lake, doing whatever. 
you know, right. I came home for dinner when it got dark. It didn't make a difference, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. No, you came back. It was dinner was like at five or something really early. And then I would do homework. So I was just, you know, and the thing that I think um, was really good for me is that my grandparents had a pony farm and it was next to our house. And there was 200 ponies in a giant field next to me. So I was really into like riding and I had, you know, I could just go out and literally like jump on a pony and I would watch Black Beauty on TV. Um, so um, yes, I was always super gay. And, um, <laughs> Um, that allowed me, I got to be pretty good and I went to horse shows all over the country. And, um, when I was a little bit older, I was on the world cup team in the nineties and, uh, we competed in South Africa. So wow, even though I was from a small, yeah, even though I was from a small town in Pennsylvania and very middle-class parents, I did have some great opportunities because of, um, showing horses and being involved in that world. And then, um, the thing that I think was most uh, important was that as soon as I got done with college, I went to Gettysburg College in Pennsylvania. It was like 1,500, you know, kids from New Jersey and Pennsylvania who wore the J. Crew catalog and drove BMW 318Is. It was very homogenous. Yes. But the, the pivot for me or pivotal moment was I graduated from college like on May 5th, 1991. And I knew that on May 6th, I was going to move to New York City. Uh, because that was, you know, where you could reinvent yourself and be anything you wanted to. And I've always been a clueless big dreamer where I was like, of course I can get a job at Ralph Lauren. Uh, you I, were so like delusional. So I said part determination, part delusion. Yeah. And I just, I just didn't know any better. And I've always been a big thinker like that. And same with like, oh, there's this show called Queer Eye. You should try out for it. I was like, sure, I have a great job. I don't care if I don't get it. Um, let's try out for it. And I did. And, you know, I've been doing TV for almost 20 years. I know. Congratulations. Congratulations. That is unbelievable. Thank and I, you. you were like the breakout star, mm -hmm. which is everybody fell in love with everyone, Thank everyone you. Fell in love with you right away. I mean, I remember I watched it immediately. As soon as it came on, I was obsessed with the show. And it, mm -hmm. and it was how many years was that on the first the first um we did five seasons i think it was That's like somehow seasons. they they crammed five seasons into four years yeah which was so good and it really it launched you know launched your career it launched your career tom's career it launched a lot of amazing careers but your opportunities have been so fabulous since then yes yeah no i've been i've been really lucky um that it was a great platform and you know the, the stars aligned and I always say like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy was like my international velvet because <laughs> it, it was, it was, um, it was uh, a career maker, but it was just, I was really good at that job. Like I was great at helping style these clueless guys and all of us on the show were good about approaching it with humor and heart and lightheartedness and not being mean. And um, I think that really resonated. And it was also great timing that um, that show came along at the perfect time. It was the perfect fit for me. Um, Bravo was just bought by NBC. So they were being rebranded and relaunched. Like there was a lot of stars aligning um, to make it successful. What do you think of the new reboot of Queer Eye? I like it. And I think that, um, I think it's so gratifying that a brand from 20 years ago, you know, like reboots just generally yes. don't work. Don't like, work. I agree. There's nothing like the original oftentimes, but mm -hmm. I think in this case, um, 
it does work and it's so great that 20 years later it still resonates and i i think the most important thing is that you know we were doing this show in new york city um with pretty open uh forward-thinking people even you know there was some part of the comedy was like the guys were bristling at us and i was like oh honey and i was like sitting in their laps and that was part of the comedy and part of like breaking down the walls but this new crew is going to places in rural Georgia and the middle of Missouri. And uh, that's, you know, I think very brave. And they're having those conversations in places where um, they probably need to happen more so than New York City. So I think that's a great twist to it. And I think all of the guys on the show are great um, representatives and great people to carry the torch forward because you really, do, I do think you needed a new, younger crew to reach that whole, um, it's a younger vibe and Netflix is, I, I don't know a whole lot about Netflix, but I feel like it's a younger audience as well. And there's yeah. a whole generation of younger kids watching and saying, oh gosh, you know, there are five gay guys on TV and they're all fabulous and they're all successful and they're, they're beloved. And I can now have this conversation with my family about me being gay and uh, or being trans or whatever it is that makes you feel different um so i think it's you know it's it's a great vehicle to do great work and it's wonderful to see it back yeah which i love because you are such that's what was so great about you guys you were such great role models yes. for younger people at that time and you know that you could be successful and everything was so just so great and it was groundbreaking it at was, that uh, right I, I was watching, I still lived in England then. So I watched it in England with my parents. It was huge. I mean, international success. I and mean, it yes. was so groundbreaking. Yeah, I just, I, I, I'm still shocked that like, it was in 98 countries and I'll go to Brazil or like Italy and people are like, oh, you are the queer eye. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am, um, I, you are the queer eye. Um, which is, which is so great. Tell me about like, so now wait, get a room with Carson mm -hmm. and Tom was on Bravo, which I, yes. another show I was obsessed, obsessed with because um, I love that. I love, cause I think fashion and home is so closely related because listen, I went to FIT. I always think I'm a freaking interior designer and, mm -hmm. and you know, I love to do my own. And I felt like you lent such a different eye to it. It was so fun. Your dynamic together was great. That was such a great show. I, w I still want to see it. What What's going on? Okay, so um, I love doing that show. And I, like you, I totally believe that, you know, fashion is just, interior design is just fashion for your house, yes. really. It's, totally. It's how you, how you dress a room is very similar to how you dress your body. And you, you know, you wear the colors and the prints that you love and you live in the colors and the prints that you love and you accentuate the positive and you minimize the negative. Like, all of those things that we do in fashion translate to home and design is design is design. So um, I've always had like a secret love affair with interior design. I always wanted to be a an interior designer more so than um, in the fashion space. And before I worked for Ralph Lauren, I had interviewed for like different interior designers to be their assistants. And I could have very easily done that, that route. And um I just, I don't really, I'm not a professional, so I don't know what I'm doing. So it was, it was very authentic <laughs> on the show yes. when I was working with Tom, who is the <laughs> ultimate pro. I mean, he has a taste level, but he also has um, years of experience of, you know, I didn't know 
that dealing with clients was like a big, like scary part of like being an interior designer. I thought they just said, here's $100,000, go yes, decorate indeed. my living room yes, and dining room. No, they're very involved. And, um, you know, and I would be, you know, the clients would ask me, like, how much will I be involved? And I was like, very honest. I was like, it depends on how annoying you're going to be. Um, <laughs> and Tom was like, oh my God, this is like for real. Like they're paying us. Like you can't be sassy with the clients. Um, so I loved doing it. It was so fun. And we were all over, like we did Franklin Lakes and Greenwich, Connecticut and some places in the city. And I would get to do like the little like starter projects, you know, who was just a small room. Like we did a psychic. Um, yes, I remember you did the psychic. And I did, you know, Tiffany blue walls and coral silk draperies. And I was like, oh my God, Tom's going to have a canary because Tom's much more like neutral based. And I was just like, more, more color. And um, that was really fun. But sadly, I don't think Bravo wants to do any more. Um, they had launched an initiative, which was all about like home. I remember yeah, they did the back backyard. backyard spaces. They had you guys right. cutting edge of the home. Yes, I, I was super so, excited about it. Yeah, and they did a whole thing called Bravo Home, which was gonna be like every Friday. And they had like a real estate flipping show called Buying It Blind and our show. And uh, another one called like, um, it was like a design contest where people to, to make the best room win or something. Mm -hmm. So I guess they feel like it wasn't for their Bravo viewer. They are going to bring back the backyard um, envy show because mm -hmm. I guess that's more of a docu soap and they yes. are interested in like those things because they love like workplace dramas. Um, they were like literally like, could you just go work for Tom and it could be like a workplace drama. I was like, mm, I love him, but no, no. I don't really what I do. So I would love to do that show. I love working with Tom. We have a great rapport. We've known each other for, you know, 30 years and um, we might take it someplace else or do something. We have a couple new show ideas that we're out pitching right now. Um, especially in this post, you know, COVID world. Um, people are going to be staying yeah. home. We need that show. People, yeah. you think people are going to want their spaces to be fabulous? God forbid, you know, this pandemic or it happens again or something. Right. Yeah, no, I do think that, you know, one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that um, people are enjoying and experiencing their homes more and, we're discovering things we didn't realize like, oh, I would like to have a nice dining room because now I eat at home. Or I would like to, um, you know, redo, I learned how to redo my closet on my own and I put uh, pick and steel, uh, that self-stick wallpaper up yes, by yes. myself. Like, the people are discovering yeah, yeah. those things. So I'm hoping that home design has a, uh, a, a renaissance and people are more interested in creating beautiful spaces at home. Yeah, that's, I mean, listen, I've done so much work in this house. Finally, I can't wait till you could come over and see it. I know, I want to see it. Even Joe, we had, a, we had a crisis this weekend because I did, I didn't know seagrass wallpaper, you see seams. So my upstairs yes. hallway is very, very long. We ordered black seagrass wallpaper. He put up seven panels. I had a nervous breakdown. Carson, you could see the seams. I was, I couldn't sleep. I was crying. I was causing a scene. We woke up the next morning. He had to take it all down. It was no. Yes. I mean, I had a rage. I, have, I had a rage. 
I have seagrass. I'm trying to see. Um, but ours is dark. Yeah, you don't really see yeah, your you seams. Don't see the you don't see the seams on the neutral color, I think. Yes, ours and is beautiful. Looks beautiful. And something with seagrass also is like, it's kind of okay. Like, it's kind of inherent. It's like wearing linen. Like, linen we know rumples. And it's just part of it, and it gives it character. So I think seeing some seams on your seagrass wall would be okay. Yeah, but it was such a, our upstairs hallway so long, I was like, forget it. The redeeming thing is the wallpaper I ordered for his office, we got right. extra. So I just said, you can't do this in your office. It was a beautiful green, like a crocodile. Like a green crocodile. Uh-huh. I think you're gonna like, it's like a dark green crocodile. And that, we, we did that in the upstairs hallway. So he had to rip it all down, you know, reprep uh, the wall and do the green crocodile. He's very capable. The worst. The so, worst. I, you're so lucky. I'm so lucky. I'm so um, lucky. Talented like that because I have to, I can't do anything. Like I can basically change a light bulb. Um, and I would go away on trips and they would like do projects here and they would put like wallpaper up. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. And they're, they're like from Allentown. They're like, what? And I was like, no, I don't like the wallpaper. And they're like, though, that's what you chose. I'm like, I know I fucked it up. Um, let's take it down and we'll put different stuff up. And they were just like, are you kidding me? Um, I know. Oh, it was an ugly scene. Oh, it Believe scene me, it was an ugly scene in my house. It was a lot of crying, a lot of fighting, a lot of hysteria. But anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. I got, we have to talk about RuPaul. Yes, yes, yes. You devoted devoted, fans, yeah. we're devoted fans of RuPaul. Yes, and everybody's a devoted fan of you on RuPaul. Do you just love doing that show? Yeah, it's super fun. There's so many fun elements of that. Um, I, I love working with Rue and Michelle and Ross and, oh, there he is. How cute. Yeah, yeah, she's um, cute, but she was barking. She wanted to come up and visit. <laughs> um, so I love working with Rue and it's one of those sets where it's a trickle down, like we have a great time. Um, we work hard, we get the job done, but it's from the top down, there's a good vibe on set because of Rue. And, you know, he and I get along great because we've both been doing this long enough where we're just like, we know that we're here to have fun, we're here to make a great show and get it done and go home. Um, so I love that positive energy on set. Uh, we see an amazing drag show every time I go to work. How fun um, is that? So fun. Which is so fun. I mean, uh, drag is an art that has been cloistered in nightclubs and so many people didn't really even know about it or get to see it. And now the show has been on so long, we've been on for 12 seasons, that little kids who watched it when they were like 12 are now coming on the show to be contestants when they're 22. So and crazy. It's insane. They're like, we're like, where did you learn, you know, about drag? They're like, from the show. And I was like, Okay. Whereas most queens, you know, are like, I was like dabbling, like, you know, in my bedroom with a hairbrush and some, you know, some <laughs> Avon samples that I smuggled out of my mom's powder room. Exactly. Uh, and now these kids are watching the show and learning about it. And it's just exposed the art of drag. And I think what's so fun is that, you know, you have to be a bit of a comedian and you have to be a bit of a stylist and you have to maybe sew a little bit. You have to do amazing makeup. You have to know how to do hair. Like, you have to be yeah. so talented. So, so talented. talented. And then to have a sense of humor or a political um, satire kind of vibe, whatever your specialty is, uh, to bring that to the art of drag too. Like doing drag your special way 
is what makes for a winner. And every season we have these amazing kids that are that are coming on the show and really like just turning in amazing performances. And then the third thing that's so fun about it is that I get to sit on the panel with these amazing guest judges. And I don't know who's gonna be there until I, I drive on the lot, I go to my little parking spot um, and there are signs up, you know, where people are parking, but it doesn't have like the guest's name up there because mm -hmm. they want to keep that secret. So I get in and our dressing rooms are in a long hallway and then there's a sign on the door. Like when you go to a talk show, they have your name on the door mm -hmm. and I'll walk in and I'll be like, oh my God, it says LG. Who could that be? Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. I. Uh, How so we've had so many fun people from Lady Gaga to... Um, Olivia Newton-John to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to uh, Mark Jacobs. Uh, you just, so many good. It's so cool to get to sit next to these people. And even though those runways like are like four minutes in the show and like the the uh, the uh, judging portion and the um, consultation is like four minutes, we're there all day together, you know, watching everything. So you get to know these guest judges and that's really fun. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is unbelievable. Wait, what was I going to ask? I mean, wait, so I just want to say, Michelle Visage, she's so great. Her makeup's on point. She is a makeup artist or just some of the drag queens do her makeup? Who does her makeup? She has two different makeup artists <laughs> that she works with. Um, and doesn't she, like her makeup is like, I she's mean, there. I mean, she's on point. I have more screenshots of her eye makeup than anything. Yeah, because I feel like I'm a gay man in a girl's body. Yeah. My goal in life was to like, look like a drag queen. People say it to me, I take it as such a compliment. I'm like, that's amazing when I'm on Housewives. Yeah, I, I would take it too. Yeah, she's from South Plainfield, New Jersey, and she's a Jersey girl, and she loves makeup, and she loves a good set of like, her nails are like, she has like a nail person, I don't know where, but like that creates like, you know, miniature dragon paintings. And one day they had like little pearls on them. N not for me, like I'm a Ralph Lauren kid. So I'm just like, oh my God, like, you know, yeah. I'm a, more of a Grace Kelly vibe, but she is so well turned out and um, it's has very an amazing sense of style. Um, and just, you know, and knows what her look is and wears it really well. And she's, an incredible judge on the show because she's so uh, honest, but she's still like a mom. So she still has a, a kind way of delivering it. Usually uh, she really knows, her, she really knows her stuff. For sure. What are you guys going to do? Because with all this, we're quarantining it's season finales. coming. Yeah. I think we're going to probably have to do something like they're doing with American Idol where um, it'll be like a virtual finale and the contestants oh, will have to do it from home. Whoa, crazy. That's, that's crazy. I mean, that'll I mean, be so I interesting. I know, I know. It'll certainly, I think all of these, I don't know, like American Idol, which I kind of never watched, but now that we're like home all the time, mm -hmm. I have more time and I, I would go to like my mom and dad's house, like 80 and have dinner with them and then, American Idol is on because they have like three channels, like three, six, <laughs> and ten. Uh, and I've been watching it. And I feel like American Idol from your house would be easier because, and you know, like when you go and you do like a big thing, like if you go and like do like a big talk show or um, if you're going to like judge the Miss Universe pageant or something, there's so many people around and it's such a big production. I get 
more nervous because I'm just like, gosh, all these people are working on this and like, I better not F this up. And yeah, I better I not like curse on live TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So yes. I feel like in some ways, like doing American Idol from home is easier because you're in your comfort zone. You've got your pretty light in front of you and you're just like doing it to the camera. But for drag, it's the total opposite. Like, I feel like you need a big sparkly stage. Like it, it you just lends itself. You need the production. Yeah, because it is about production. Yeah, it's you about know? the production. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see um, how the queens navigate a different kind of medium. But you know what? They're smart and they're talented. And, uh, you know, the people that are in the top three will be able to navigate it, I'm sure. And it'll just be, you know, this whole pandemic thing is that we're all in it together and everybody's kind of on the same playing field and we're just gonna um, muddle through. It's true. I mean, Atlanta taped their reunion that way. Yeah, I saw their reunion. They were all in oh. white gowns and I saw mm -hmm. a little preview of it and it looked pretty fierce. I saw Nene had notes and it was so, <laughs> it was so funny. Really? Yeah, I saw. So they had to tape their reunion that way. So we'll we'll see. Let's you know, see we'll that. see how it goes. Uh, the housewives. Yeah, bless those editors because the one thing about like doing like a Zoom thing or a virtual thing is that you can't really yell and scream over anybody else because it just turns into gobbledygook. You know, it's just you can't hear at all. So that'll be interesting. I know that's going to be. I need mean, poor Andy. I wonder if he had pants on. Much yes. Looks like we're going to be stuck in the house for a little while. I know. And you know what I've been doing? Eating nonstop. So what? I want to come out of skinny legend. Okay, I have a fix for you. Beach Body on Demand, everyone, is unbelievable. It's an app for your phone that you could stream to anywhere. You could stream it to your TV. You could do it on your tablet, on your computer, and they have over 1,300 different programs, celebrity trainers, everything right we, there in your phone. We need that, people. We need that because you know what? I've been eating nonstop and I want to feel motivated. Walking around the block is not enough for the march for the weight that I've been packing on the pants. You know what I'm saying? So this beach oh, body is amazing. I've, you know, Lexi's telling me about it. I've heard about it. And now we're going to start using it because there's, I heard there's a 21 day challenge. There is. There's an amazing one called 21 Day Fix. And after all, the secret to getting good results is to just get started. Yes. So that's what we are going to do this week. We're going to start the 21 Day Challenge. And not only is it workouts, there's also eating plans in there too. Yeah. They have dance classes. They have workouts. We're going to do the 21 Day Fix because in 21 days, I could drop the pounds that I've been packing on for the last month and a half. I think this will be so great. But you know what the better news is? We have an offer. We have a free trial for everybody who's listening to Caviar Dreams. And free trial. Word free. No one wants to be spending money during these times, but we want you guys all to look amazing. That's right. So right now you get a free trial membership when you text Caviar to 303030. That's 30030. Caviar. C-A-V-I-A-R to 303030. 303030. Beach Body, the best workouts. They have yoga. They have dance classes. They have bar classes. They have any kind of class you want. Streaming, the easiest app ever. Amazing meal plans. It's great. We're going to be doing the 21 Day Fix. And all of our listeners get full access to the entire platform for free. 
the workouts, the nutrition, the information, and the support. So remember, text CAVIAR to 303030. 30. Good luck, guys. Coming out, a fit legend. Oh, skinny legend. Skinny legend. Um, Beachbody on demand. But anyway, I, you have a housewife. I, I saw a picture of you at some benefit with, you know, um, my nemesis, Danielle Staub. Oh, Don't you yeah. have a Danielle story? I want to be nice today. Okay, okay, we can be nice, we can be nice. But no, no, I'm saying if I tell the story, it's not going to be nice. Um, because, um, yeah, that was a benefit, and um, I could tell you stories. Um, I, I mean, I okay, have a ton. I'm going to tell, I'm going to, we're going to spill some tea here. Okay, good, oh, good. we love a little tea. Um, but, um, uh, Danielle was never really my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably like you, like there was just something that I'm just like, oh, this person's just not for me. Yeah. And that's fine. And I gave her a benefit of the doubt for a, a while. Right. And nice. as did I, because I've tried to be nice and respectful to everybody. And we did this benefit together, which was fine. And it was wonderful that she was there. Anytime you do a benefit. And then as one does, sometimes they say to the talent who's like doing the auction, would you guys want to donate something? And I said, okay, yeah, why don't, and Danielle and I were like the celebrity auctioneers and you know how that goes. Yes, yes. And um, I said, well, why don't we do like dinner at the polo bar and um, Danielle and me will take the, you know, two people that are the highest bidders and we'll do a nice dinner in the city. And um, that'll be easy. And she and I can split the dinner. Of and course. Take these, of course. Of course. Of course. Take these lovely winners who, you know, paid like $2,000 to go to dinner or whatever. Yes. Um, and give them a nice experience. And um, lo and behold, the day, you know, and these things get scheduled like months later. And then they happen. And you're like, oh, I forgot I have to do this thing tonight. The day of, like, the dinner's like at eight o'clock at the polo bar. I've called, I've arranged it, and the plan is that we will meet there and we'll split the dinner, and that'll be our donation to the charity. Of course. And, and um, we'll give these ladies a nice time and we'll dish about, you know, my show, her show, whatever. As one does when you do these, you know, experiences I, that I you do, donate. Do you know how many dinners and lunches I do? I do one uh, like twice a month. Yeah, no, I'll bet. You do probably like 20 a year, which is like yes, what I do. Yes. And it's, it's the right it's, thing to do. And it's easy for, for us to do it. You go and take somebody out to dinner and the charity's made like five or $10,000 and you've spent like 200. It's not a big exactly. deal. Exactly, it's not a big deal. So the day of the thing, the dinner's at eight, at five o'clock, she calls and says, I really, I don't feel good. I really can't do it. And I was like, wait, you're calling me now? And I don't know if I can get a, you know, I don't know who's paying for the car to like come into the city. And I was like, what? I was like, you have to get yourself there. Like, this is not like a production. Um, I'm going to meet you there. You're going to get yourself there. We're going to split dinner. And that's what we said we would do at the charity. I, I just can't make it. So she doesn't come. Um, and uh, I was just like, I felt so bad for these women because I didn't know like, why they bought the dinner. They might've been a super fan of hers. And then they'd be like, oh God, we're getting stuck with you. No. Fortunately, fortunately they were fans of mine. Thanks. And they were like, oh, we sure. don't care. And I was like, well, I'm so sorry um, because you're not getting what we promised. 
Um, so after that, I was just like, wow, that's unacceptable. Um, and not the, not the kind of person like I want to like hang out with anyway. No, no. Yeah, it's I exactly. It's just that it's the entitled weirdness of thinking they're a big celebrity when they're not. Yes, like, yes, I, yes. Nonstop. I totally get it. And like, it's, it's funny. Like, I don't. We. I do so many lunches and dinners, and and I love to do it. I'd love to meet people who want to meet me, and I feel like it's such a right. nice way to give back. And and people really like it. I auction myself off all the time for that. I think that's and it's so e. It's so easy. It all you have so to do easy. is go and be yourself and take somebody to lunch. I take, I, we, I have a standard. I take them to Bergdorf's and we go to that gorgeous That's room. Do. That's what I do. Yeah. I go to Bergdorf's. I used and to have, go to Barney's also, but you know what happened with yeah. Fred, but. And, and uh, have deviled eggs and then like waltz through the shoe department. And three hours later, they're, they're tickled pink and we've raised a lot of money. So when that all like imploded, I was just like, gosh, you're not a nice person. And, um, and I get your like that sense of like I'm super famous and fabulous. And, but you're not. Yeah. <laughs> but and you're, that's just that's, yeah. That's exactly. It just it, it feels fraudulent, and that's how I felt our 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 you know dinner thing that we were supposed to do turned out fraudulent. Exactly, but it was better. You wouldn't have had a good time anyway. No. It would have been like nonsense. Oh, I did. I did. And um, they were lovely, and the two ladies were from Florida, and they own a bunch of salons because it was like a hair or something. Um, and uh, I wound up like making nice friends, and like they were booking me for another thing. So it wound up being like I did the right thing, and and the universe rewarded me. So there's your Danielle tea. Oh, I love it. I bet, but I guess they have to say I'm not shocked. But you know what? I also want to say you were involved in so many charities, which is. So unbelievable. Lexi, go down. I don't have my glasses. Oh my go down the so list. So you work with the Trevor Project, the Human Rights Campaign, the AIDS Floor. I mean, Aldi Rodriguez Liver Foundation. You're a trustee on the True Colors Fund. I mean, you're right. just philanthropist ever. Well, you know what? That Again, like my IMDB list, it sounds more impressive than it is. A lot of those are just like every year I try to host a couple AIDS Walk rallies because... I'm of the age where I remember like living in the AIDS epidemic era and going to like fundraisers and dances and people were like, you know, that I knew were dying. So I know. Um, if somebody just says, hey, will you come for an hour and host a show at the end of the walk to thank the walkers, it's so easy. So yeah, of course I do that. Trevor Project had a thing called Cracked Christmas, which is a comedy show that I was involved with. So most of them are just me volunteering my time doing what I do so it's it's easy for me and I feel like um I feel like it's just what you must do and then um I mean I I feel like I think like we're related we're very we're very yeah yeah no I'm totally feeling your vibe I love both of you and I do think we're very similar we have we are we grew up I'm two years I was born you were born when 69 yeah, November 69. November what? 11th. Oh, the day before Joe. You're a Scorpio. No wonder I love you. Yeah, yes, yes. Joe, I mean, Joe's much older than you. He was born November 12th, but I w- I'm born in 67. But like same kind of generation, 73. Yeah. I love the 70s. But same thing with me. I do so many charity things involved. Like you, that's where I met you, Live Out Loud. You were, you were um, right. I'm seeing that. You were co-hosting that. Yes. And um, 
uh, you know, the people that, you know, really do the hard volunteer work are the people that are like going into the centers every day and like, um, you know, the hands-on stuff, that's the hard stuff. Like doing like uh, hosting a celebrity auction or taking people out to lunch, like we get to do the easy stuff. So we do. We do. it's, you know, it's really fun. And then the True Colors United, I am on the board and that's something um, Cindy Lauper started that and she did a concert tour in 2008 and all of the money was to start um, the True Colors Fund, which, um, and this is important and I'm very passionate about it, especially about LGBTQ youth because I know how vulnerable they are because when you are a gay kid or a trans kid or whatever, um, you feel like maybe even home isn't safe. Whereas everybody else, like, if you're getting bullied at school because you're the only Asian kid in your class, odds are you're going to go home to your parents. They're going to be Asian and they're going to say, listen, I know it doesn't make any sense, but this is a safe place. We're like you. Don't worry. We got your back. Whereas gay kids oftentimes feel, I can't tell my parents. And then the True Colors Fund works specifically to end LGBTQ homelessness and youth homelessness because gay kids still get kicked out of their houses by their parents or they're so turned different. turned away from uh homeless shelters that are run by churches that say we can't have you because you're gay um even though they sometimes get federal funding they still have the ability sometimes to kick kids out so we're trying to work really hard to you know make sure the law doesn't allow those sorts of things to make sure that there are resources and safe places for kids in their communities and you know places like Oklahoma and Texas which maybe don't have an LGBT center um, so they do really important work and um, that's been something I've been involved with for about um, uh, 12 years now it's so and good. and um, yeah they do great stuff and again, I, I get to go to board meetings and help figure out, you know, fun ways to raise money and make connections with people um, to uh, forward our mission. But, um, you know, again, I'm still just, I'm hosting concerts and doing shows and um, donating money that way, as opposed to like, you know, going to Washington every Monday and like lobbying. Although we did go and I went and we lobbied in front of the Senate and I felt just like Elle Woods and Legally Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> And it was during the Obama administration, and we actually got invited to go to the White House. And, uh, it was so insane. I just remember, I've been to a lot of places where there's like high security, where they're like looking under your car with like a mirror, like going to like some Oscar party, like at Madonna's house. Like I've had those random moments where I'm like, why am I even here? But going to the White House, um, you have to go to like a little room, like you like enter from the sidewalk and then you go into like a little, and this was, you know, six years ago, five years ago, it's a different world. You go into like a gazebo, like a brick building and like a dog walks around you. Oh, like, and, like sniff, and sniffs your crotch and everything. Yeah, and then you go like, <laughs> I swear there must be some kind of like super duper x-ray. You like go through like a little um, hallway and like, I don't know if they do an entire body scan, but the security to get into the actual White House is like, as you would imagine, but it was it even, it was approaching James Bond level, like intense. Um, I was shocked and then we got in and then it was kind of like you were like in an office building and there was like a theater where we sat and we met with the uh, director of um, 
housing and urban development. It was really quite amazing. Um, and I was hoping that Obama was going to like stick his head in and be like, hi guys, how's your meeting going? But that didn't happen. But um, he was a very supportive um, president for uh, making sure that um, at-risk youth, whether they were LGBT or not, were really protected. Yeah, that's so important. And that's so impressive. If you ever want me to do anything, I'm there. You know, I would love to be involved in something because okay. I'm always, you know, want to do something. Thank like you I told so you, like, much. People live out loud, and that is just goes hand in hand with that. Yeah, kids are, you know, kids are people. You know, they oftentimes don't have voices and they don't have resources, and they're the ones that I think really need the the need the help and need I, the voice and yeah, need someone I, to stick up for them. Yeah, I always feel like I'd love to be involved in all children's charities. Everything I do is mostly for kids. Yeah always mm -hmm. everything with kids yeah this is so good now wait do you have siblings i do i have a brother and a sister they're both older um they're six years and eight years older so like by the time when i was 10 my brothers and sister my brother and sister were 16 and 18 so they were just like oh my god please leave us alone get out of here um so i felt like an only child for most of my childhood because you know, when you're 10 and they're 18, yeah, you're they're not hanging out. No, not at um, all. And occasionally I would like, my parents would like travel to go to like, um, uh, like races or go to Nashville to see like a singer or something. Like I, they weren't jet setters, but sometimes they would go on trips and my sister who was 18 would have to like babysit me and I was 10. And I distinctly remember like going on dates with her and her boyfriend, <laughs> like she was in high school. And her boyfriend was named Chuck, and he had a trans am, a brown Ooh. trans am. Chuck. This was 1979, and we went to the mall and went to see, like, Flash Gordon and The Shining, like, inappropriate movies for, like, for a 10-year-old. Uh, but I was, like, you know, brought along, which was so funny. And I just remember riding around the back seat of a Trans Am, which is not very comfortable, even for a 10-year-old. <laughs> that was the crazy, like, stuff. Like, the 70s, I just think, were, were so, so insane. I love the 70s. I love everything about the 70s. Any movie about the 70s, interior design of the 70s, the fashion of the 70s, yes. music. I just, I'm totally obsessed. Fleetwood Mac, mm -hmm. I'm still like, I love every, everything that reminds me of my childhood. The smell yeah. of copper tone, I just, I love to burn candles that smell like copper tone, anything like that. I'm, I can't get over it. The smell that I love, and I'm the same, again, we're the same person, I love the 70s. Um, the smell of an, a 1970s car interior, and they were like velour, remember when there were velour yes, interiors? Yes. And people still smoked in their cars. And um, I was like in an antique car show and someone had like a 1977 like Chrysler Imperial and I stuck my head in it and it smelled like velour seating and cigarettes. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It, like, cars it were so right big back. too, weren't they just so big? The front seat went straight across. They were like, they were like two sofas in yes. like a car. And they were like, they were like this, like, the seat like looked like this. Like yes. if you had a fancy car in the 70s, like if you had like a LeBaron yes. or like an Eldorado, they had like tufted Eldorado, velour yes. Seat. My grandfather had the Eldorado and I would sit on yeah. his lap and he would let me drive while he was smoking out the window. 
Yeah, no, that's how we did. And look, we're still alive and well. That's, and, uh, that's yeah. what I say. We were, yeah. yeah. Much. have you heard about the Snatchler? I actually have heard of the Snatchler. Who doesn't love the name the Snatchler, first of all? The Snatchler rhymes with The Bachelor. And that's what the podcast is about. And you know who does it? Who does it? Margot Ashray. And her roommate, Nicole. I know. I just love it so much. Every week, they do a deep dive into all things Bachelor. And we all know everyone is obsessed with The Bachelor. And you know what I love? They just, the way they do it is so modern, current. So it's like, you're young and fabulous. You totally, absolutely relate to Margot. Absolutely. And they have great guests all relating back to The Bachelor every week. And they share um, their own dating experiences yes. kind of like alongside their Bachelor recap. So it's really fun. So if you're in that post-grad dating or if you just want to live vicariously through that yeah, fabulous because I love to like live us. vicariously through Margot and Nicole. It's so fun. They have the best insight. It's, it's amazing. The Snatchler is such a great podcast to listen to. So... You know, you're obsessed with Bachelor Nation. They always have the tea. And guess what? It's also on the Toast Network. So make sure to check it out. The Snatchler. Snatchler. Snatched. <laughs> Life is we had no, so complicated. We, we had no phones. Like, you would go stay over at a friend's house. And, like, you wouldn't be in contact with your parents for, like, two days if you went for the weekend. And, like, if somebody needed you, you just, like, would call them. And you would... <laughs> Like sometimes it was before answering machines even. Like you would just have to be like, I tried calling you, but you weren't home. And like, how did we even live? Like nobody had any idea where anybody was. It's true. It's absolute. I know. It was fun. It was more fun. Was fun. I don't like it. That's the whole thing. I'm too available. We're too available. Everybody could follow me. You can't Always. make up a good story. I hate no. it. I don't even know how people did business. Like I remember when the facts, like when I first started working in New York, in 1991, the facts had just come out. It's like, oh, we can fax you your paperwork. I was like, what is this magical fax machine? I know. Uh, and, and now it's just, I got a printer because I needed to have one out here in the country. And it was like, it has a fax. I'm like, who even, what do you need a fax for? Yeah, we don't have a fax. Someone asked me they wanted a fax them. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, yeah. scan it and email it on your phone. You could okay. have a phone okay. with a scanner. Of course, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Are, what about the first cell phone? It was the size of a shoe. Oh, I felt like, you know, it was uh, so big. Yeah. I, and I remember like when we first started Queer Eye, um, I had a trio, like a Palm Pilot trio and it had a stick. Like yeah. Yes. <laughs> God forbid you lost the stylus because it would stick in the side, but then sometimes it would get a little loose and um, you'd lose your stick. It would fall out. And uh, that was, you know, Oh, you think you're screwed. Yes. I mean, what is God? Carson? We're dating us, but thank God we look so youthful. You look youthful. You I, haven't had work done. I've had full face. That's okay. <laughs> well, I'm really, I was just like, I wish I had gotten one right before all this pandemic because it would have been the perfect time to heal. Perfect time. I, that's what I said. I could have got a boob lift. I know. I said this is ridiculous. No, I should have done something, but... No, you oh, look well. gorgeous. There's, there's never any time. I'm just excited to get Botox and a haircut. Like Yes, I know, I know. Smooth. And get my teeth done. I go to Your New Jersey. Your teeth look gorgeous. Um, this guy in New Jersey, his name is Dr. Anthony Bocaturo, and he's in Colts Neck. Mm. And um, 
He did all the Miss America and uh, Miss USA uh, people. They look beautiful. I um, loved his work and he did my teeth. I had, I had veneers before then, but they were about ready to be redone. So, but now I have to always go to New Jersey for like my cleanings. Like I don't want anyone else like, it's like when you get like a, Bo a Bosch dishwasher, you call the Bosch guy to come fix I it. I know, I know. Now I go to him and I live in New York or I'm in Pennsylvania, but I'm never like in Colt's Neck. So it like becomes a full day adventure. But here's a shopping tip. Tell me. Uh, um, that area, I think it's called the, it's in Ocean County, New Jersey somewhere near Asbury Park, but not in Asbury Park, like be between Colts Neck and Asbury Park in like um, Neptune or something, there is the best home sense store. And there's a phenomenal home goods across the street. Ooh, and, we'll uh, we love a good home goods. I feel like the home goods up north, like there's one in, um, is it Randolph Township or something? Maybe. I mean, there's one in Param Paramus, not far from us, that's decent. The Paramus one is probably okay, but I'm, and I've, I've gone to this other one, like in northern New Jersey, like more of a Bergen County one for um, Get a Room. The one in Ocean Township or wherever it is near Asbury Park is so good. We're going to have to go. Lexi yeah. and I could go because I get my color done in Scarsdale, my hair color. We get our hair cut in Asbury yeah. Park. Oh, really? There's a oh, great yeah. girl hair. Yeah. Called Lock, at Lock and Shade, she cuts our hair. Julius, wow. the guy who does a lot of the housewives, colors my hair in Scarsdale. And he styles right. my hair for the show. But I, my oh, hair is cut in very much a shag, and she's very rock and roll. And, you know, my head right. up is rock and roll girlfriend. She's very vintage. So she's an as, and I love Asbury. So Lexi and I, I do too. Asbury. They just built a new, um, kind of fascinated. I haven't, I didn't get there at all last summer. Um, but they built like a new tower and my friend's a realtor. Um, and he's been sending me stuff. And it looks like one of those, you know, all those high rises in Miami and they're all called yes. like continu continuum and millennium and whatever. And they're all glass. They're building one of those in Asbury Park, New Jersey. And I'm, and it's not that expensive because it's, you know, it's Asbury. <laughs> it's Asbury. Um, and uh, I'm actually quite tempted to look at one because. Oh, go look. I just, close there. That would be great. I just think it's so fun there. I love Asbury. The Park. restaurants are great. I did a big appearance. I, I judged Miss Paradise. I was a judge. Oh, of I, love I love Paradise. And I had Miss Paradise. And this this girl this girl this fabulous Olivia queen Lux. Olivia Lux won the best the best amazing and I just they have they have a great Halloween party there which we go to every year and we dress up and uh, I, we go with like ten friends and my two friends live in Interlaken which is the cutest town you've ever seen yes Inter I know where Interlaken is it's right there it's fabulous yeah it's the right there so I yeah I'm a big fan but I get the whole like you know my teeth are done in New Jersey and my haircut, I used to get it colored in LA and cut in New York. I was like, this is insane. So now I just, I go to the drawing room in the city and there's a great guy who does my color named Mirko and a great um, guy that does my cut. So I, I've streamlined the process. It's, it's a lot. Listen, I did yeah. my teeth with Dr. Up. I just did my veneers, my mm -hmm. uppers. The gorgeous. He did a good Gorgeous. job, Dr. Rapa. Yeah. He's done a lot of people, so I love him. So now I go to the city for the teeth. The, the haircut. Right. 
Yes. They would go down the shore almost to fulfill it. I mean, we down, are like, my plastic over. surgeons down the shore. It's the doctor, what Carol Dr. Carol, you gotta Ooh. drive where it's um, good. You gotta go where it's good. It's not it's I not agree. easy, Carson, to be honest. I have to find a good man's facelift person if you I hear think, of one. I want you to look good. at Dr. Carolac. He does not make yeah. anybody look feminine. Mm -hmm. He happens to be down the shore. He only does from the neck up. Right. He only does faces. He's done quite a few men. He's meticulous. He's in his late forties. He's okay. Amazing, and he also is so handsome. He looks like a Baldwin brother. So no. Baldwin brother before they got on the yeah. sauce. Why <laughs> are they, they all? Yeah, pre-puffy. Pre-puffy. Yes. Um, pre yes. Before yes. Why are they all so good looking? I feel like plastic surgeons are generally like great looking and yes. like. Dentists usually have like the most amazing teeth. Yeah. Like, well, you don't want to go to one that doesn't. Yeah. That would no. be true. But I feel like they have that, and they're like, I think I'm going to be a dentist because my teeth are so awesome, or I think I'm going to be a plastic surgeon because I'm so gorgeous. Like, it certainly helps your business. Yeah, I think they yes. think about that in medical school. They have, they have to, because I wouldn't want to go to a dentist with shitty teeth. No. No, no, because yeah, those yeah. you can, those you can really fix nowadays. Like yes. a face, there's only so much you can do with it. But it's true because I don't like when everybody starts looking alike. No, like I've had a lot yeah. of things. Like even on my show, they were like, "Oh, do the long extensions." I was like, "I'll wear a hair piece once in a while," but everybody doesn't need hair down to their vagina. I don't like when everybody starts to look. Oh. Alike. Or they get yeah, the surgery to look like everyone's starting to look like a Kardashian. It's not necessary. Well, and also like beautiful hair is great, but like when you see like this like overwhelming, like when it becomes like drag queen, like gigantic, yes. like it's kind of detracting actually. Yeah, it's it's too it's just too much. It's too over the top. Well, I just want to say I agree. Enjoyable like conversation. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I cannot wait till everybody can hear everything you have to say. And I can't wait I, to see uh, you. Like, really. I love, I love doing it. We are like yin and yang. I love uh, totally. I can't wait and to be some, together. Sometimes these are like torture, and you're like looking at the clock, and you're like, oh my God, is this over yet? And this one, I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe we're finished because it was such a delight. So thank you so, so much. Thank, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. And, I, and enjoy it. You look gorgeous and tan and fabulous. Oh, so. God, no. No, I look like a I like a gym teacher. No. Um, <laughs> no, tell everybody just where you like them to find you. Yeah, just um on all social media at Carson Cressley. It's so easy. And uh I love the Instagram. I hardly do any of the others. Me too. I'm like, the gram. Twitter feels like too like business like or something now and like doesn't have personality. I like I like the gram. I love photos and um a sassy caption so find me there sassy caption all right perfect thank you so thank much you. and i'll talk to you later so thank you okay. so much bye, bye. where's our little thing where's our little thing i know we don't even have to hang up <laughs> well oh. if that wasn't the best the best i love class i mean first of all my husband and my mom we're so excited that Carson was coming up. Big fans. Everyone in my family, big fans of Carson. I mean, I am. I just adore him. Everything he stands for. You two are very similar. I think we're very similar. We might be the same. Very we similar. might be separated at birth. You really might. Blonde twins separated at Blonde birth. twins separated by two years. I could be his older sister. That's right. We both have very distinct voices. You do? We're both blonde. You are? I mean, he's thinner than I am. He feels like an only child, which 
makes sense for us. Which makes sense. I just, I love everything about him. I think he's funny. He's he philanthropic. He's done, he doesn't say no to things. He loves to eat. He loves to take people to lunch. That's what I do, by the mm -hmm. way. I donate myself all the time to go to lunches. He doesn't like the stob. I don't like the stob. <laughs> I mean, we're stob phobic. I mean, I just love the whole thing. That was unbelievable. And it's so interesting that they're going to do a drag um, finale over Zoom. I mean, I can't. Crazy. How will they know that they did their own makeup, that they didn't have assistance? Are they going to have to like submit their entire process on tape? Because probably they're probably the gonna, no, they're probably going to show the whole process. They're going to have tape. to. Yes, but this is Ooh. such groundbreaking stuff, and I I just hope. Listen, he has to have. I love him on Drag Race, but he's just he has to have his own show. They I follow to. everything he does. He's so I great. I love and him his and style. together too. Yes, everything Carson does is amazing, but. Caviar Dreamers, I hope you love that. Because listen, he's a child that came up in the 70s. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when you like, you know, don't have a lot of boundaries, not helicopter parent, you know, you make your own way. And he also, part determination, part delusion. No one t says no to you. Why can't I do this? Why can't I yeah. do that? That's what we all have to think. Why can't I? Why can't I? And say yes. I think one thing I definitely have learned with you is... Sometimes, you know, I come from a place of nowhere. I'm like, oh, that'll be so difficult. That'll be so annoying. But you say yes to everything. I say yes to everything. so many opportunities have come your way because you just let it breathe. You say yes and you let things like happen. And you've yes. met some incredible people that other people could be dismissive of. Yes. And the other thing is I don't get paid for everything I do. I just want everyone to know that. No, Everything's a not a paying gig. Who gives a shit? It's about the opportunities, meeting people, doing stuff. Carson's the same way. And look, he's super successful. The Marge is successful in her own right. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a big lesson to be learned. So Caviar Dreamers, I hope you enjoyed this because I loved this, this podcast. This was a great fun. one. This was a great one. So and we dressed up for him. So, that. you know, put my, yeah. put my Contessa hair on. We did our little socialite look. We today. did our socialite look for Carson's. So love you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're home safe, healthy, and happy. And you can find us at Caviar Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget on Instagram. We are also on YouTube now, channel by the same name. Yes. This is the real Margaret Josephs. I'm the life of Mrs. B. Yes, and that's us. And you'll see us next week too. See us next, am I looking at the camera? I always do this. Every week. Every week. We need we need uh, YouTube camera training. Yes, I need YouTube camera training. I'm great on the regular camera, but not the YouTube camera. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. So I'm no one